Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 Hello and welcome to another Rough Trade Shoplifting Podcast. This week's guest is Angelina Presley, all the way from Nashville. Hello. That's right. All the way from Kentucky. Kentucky, but you, you live in Nashville now. <laughs> I do. But you were Kentucky originally. That's right. Okay, nice. How long have you been in Nashville? Oh, I think going on 12 years now. That's, that's quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Every time I say how long I've been there, it shocks me. <laughs> Did you not mean to Doesn't stay that long? Like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I like it, I guess. Yeah. Time flies <laughs> when you're having fun. So we've asked you to pick out five records um, from our shelves. Yes. You, you found them all. There were none that weren't in stock. They're all in stock. Yes. Which is great, which is standard. That's the, what it's like at Rough Trade. Thousands of choices yeah. here at Rough Trade. It's Was it amazing. <laughs> Selection. Available was mind-blowing. Online. Huh? Available online and in store. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you, was it easy? Um, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I like what I like, and I think... Uh, um, I tried to pick things that influenced me and sort of shaped what I do. So, um, so let's see what you got. I guess. It's, it's really all about me. I mean, I know I picked these I mean, records, it should be about you. Yeah, all be. roads lead to me at the end of the day. Okay. Um, so you've got a new record out. Might as well talk about that. Yeah. You've got a new record out. It's called Wrangled. Wrangled. That's right. And, uh, and it's great. Thank you. Um, it's a big, it's quite a mess of a record in a nice way, a nice mess of a record. There's a lot going on there, a lot of ideas. Yeah, it's um, dense, I it's would de- say. <laughs> mm-hmm. How long has that been like taken to record? Well, um, I guess I kind of wrote the songs and over a couple of years, and then we recorded it in a week in Nashville, and... Then we waited for a long, long time, and then we put it out finally. <laughs> so it's a week. You did it in a week. Yeah, we did. That's pretty fast. It's it's usually it's the Nashville way. Yeah. Um, you kind of go in and you have a big party, and we, um, yeah, we had a blast. It was really magical. Um, yeah. but we uh, maximized on every minute of studio time. <laughs> I don't think we left. I think at one point someone slept there or something. <laughs> And you produced it yourself. Is I that, did. Is that the first? I, yes, me and uh, my friend Oren Thornton. He and I had known each other for a long time in Nashville. Like he played on the first record that I ever did, which never came out. Um, what happened to it? Well, <laughs> red tape, politics. Is it? So none of it's ever come out? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no songs, nothing. Nope. Is it, nothing. Is it any good? Yeah, it was really good. Oh. It was just, uh, we made it and we kind of shopped it around and Nashville was just scared of it. So so now you, you, can't, you, so you can't do anything with it now? No. Can I get a copy? <laughs> I could find a bootleg one on the okay. internet, you, on the you eBay. Got, you, you've got a copy though, yeah? Maybe I'll slip you a special <laughs> copy. <laughs> That'd be good. I'd good. like to hear that. Yeah. I could put it, we could put it out. We could stock it. That's right. I mean, it's not a problem. We just put it out on the shelf. Exclusively at yeah. Rough Trade. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of records out there that the artists don't know. With. Wow. And yeah, so. Um, so I met him then, and then um, this year we started writing songs together, and he and I just had this chemistry um, as far as writing. And he is one of those guys who plays every instrument and he makes he builds tracks which you say that and there's like this weird connotation on it he makes like things that sound like records so he uh, made one for this song called mama i tried that we wrote together and um i kind of already had a vision of what i wanted the record to be and that was sort of when he sent me that track i was like okay this is like this is it. I want you to produce yeah. it with me. And we went in together and I think it's good. It's good. It's a really good record. It's <laughs> a really you. good record. I know I said it was a mess, but it's a really good mess. It's like, it's just a lot of ideas in there. It's, yeah. it's a really good record. Um, is it, is there like a sort of an art, like a sort of st- an idea, a sort of story, like a yeah. theme? It feels quite concepty. 
It is quite concepty. That, I don't think that's a word, um, by the way, concepty. Well, it <laughs> is like... now. Now that we've spoken, it it is. Bootylicious wasn't a word until that's Beyonce true. made it up. Now it's in the dictionary, and that's a real fact. Is it in the dictionary? Yeah, bootylicious. That's amazing, isn't it? Um, yeah, con- it is a concept album. It is the concept is, you know, my experience as a female singer songwriter in Nashville. Um, the joy, the pain, <laughs> the unfairness, the cruelty, and then, you know, the um, feelings of redemption. And um, I don't know, I've had such an odd story because I came to town to be a songwriter. I didn't really ever have any dreams of being an artist. And my dreams of being an artist were like the there's going to be this guy in a golden suit and he's going to have a contract and you're going to sign it and it's going to, you know, he'll give you a Cadillac the next day and then you'll, it's the movie idea of the music business. I think a lot of young artists have that. Um, and unless you win American Idol, it's not really <laughs> like that at all. That didn't happen that, that was uh, Oh no, it's not. It didn't happen that way at all. Um, but it was sort of like, that's what I thought would happen. That didn't happen. But then all these other things happened and some really great things happened and some really crappy things happened. Um, and it's just, uh, it's there. That's, that's, that's the musical the story. account. Yeah. yeah. It's a musical. You should do a musical. That's right. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, I was, I'm in the band Pistol Annie's Yeah. and that was a great thing for me, but it also was sort of like a mind, uh, it messed up my head a lot because I had never toured before. I was what, until with, you did that. Mm-mm. So you joined because that was before your album came out. Your first album, mm-hmm. the album. The, the, so yeah, you did. You, yeah. Do you two before your album came out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did two records. So were you even playing? You were you even doing solo shows? Mm-mm. No, I would do. How did you get the gig? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask. Uh, I wrote with Ashley. See, on Music Row, you. I got signed to a publishing deal about nine months after I moved to town. And when you do that, they hook you up with other songwriters, you know, that they think you'll click with. And they introduced me to Ashley. And we just hit it off immediately and started writing some songs. And so Ashley knew that I had made the record that never came out. Oh, the record you're going to send me, yeah. Okay. Yes. And she played some of it for Miranda one night because they were friends because they were both signed on Sony. Um, and Miranda heard it and was like, oh my gosh, we have to start a band with this girl. Um, had they already planned to start a band or was it? Well, they didn't plan to start a band. They were on this writer's, they had taken Miranda's Airstream and they were camping and they had written these songs. This is a great time. This is a great time. (laughs) And they were like, well, these songs, like they didn't know who was going to record these songs because they were kind of just, let's just write what comes out and what came out wasn't really a Miranda song, wasn't really an Ashley song. So that same weekend when Ashley played Miranda, my music, she was like, oh my gosh, that's what these songs are supposed to be for. Like we need to start a band. We have to start a band with this girl. So they called me in the middle of the night and were like, we're going to start a band with you. And I was like, you guys are high and drunk. Um, But we did. So before I toured with Pistol Annie's, the only place I ever really played were in Nashville. Like I had played the Bluebird Cafe, Douglas Corner, you know, writers' play rooms. Yeah. I had never, I think I had done a show with a band maybe once or twice, and it was only, you know, for showcases for, for record labels and stuff, which were awful, by the way. <laughs> so when I went on tour for the first time, it was in a luxury tour bus. So you've never, so have you ever, you've ne- or you, now you've slummed it, I guess. Oh, <laughs> have I slummed it? Have I ever? But then, yeah. but at the time you hadn't, so you thought oh, that's, no. how, that's how it was. So yeah. the dream kind of, that was kind yeah. of like, oh, I that's... mean, I would be on the road and I would like be getting ready and complain that our ice hadn't been brought to the bus yet or, you know, that <laughs> why don't, why, I'm, I'm out of beer. How could this be? And Miranda would look at me and just be like, Mm-mm, you don't even know. You don't even know. <laughs> Because she started when she was 16, touring in Texas. Um, yeah. I mean, she's just like a road dog, been on the road her whole life. But, yeah, I was clueless. 
100% clueless. And then cut to put my first record out as a solo artist sitting in a van, I think somewhere in Milwaukee at some club. I don't even remember. I was sitting in the parking lot of the van getting ready because there were no outlet like I couldn't find an outlet to plug my curling iron in and our sound check was so late that people were coming in the door so I couldn't use the ladies restroom there was no green room I'm just sitting in the van like crying as I'm putting on my makeup that's when this hairdo was invented okay because I couldn't I didn't couldn't didn't have a curling iron so I just decided to make a faux hawk with my hair because I had bobby pins and I had a teasing comb and hairspray. Um, so, yeah, I did everything in reverse, okay, which yeah. is cr- crazy. I don't know of any other artist who's ever done it like that. I do not recommend it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was, there was a lot of, like, wake-up calls. Yes, and I'm still having wake-up calls as the days continue. But um, Is it getting more like... You're getting back towards the demanding ice, and the, or uh, no, no. <laughs> nor do I think I might not ever get back to there. But if you do, are you doing Pistolani's <laughs> again, or is it Pistolani's? Is that you know, we talk, we're friends, we hang out still, and we talk about wanting to make music together. And I hope we will, I think we will. We've written songs, there, there's, there's a song on this. Album isn't it on your yeah, album? Yeah, the first effectively a Pistolani's. Yeah, song. For, the first song on the record is called "Dreams Don't Come True," and it's a song that that the three of us wrote together. And it is the song where it's about I thought there'd be a man yeah. in a suit and That's a ten gallon hat. The album. Yeah. yeah, so that's so yeah, so you kind of do exist. Yeah, we are. we do we ha- we do our thing. We just it just hasn't felt right yet. You know, everything that happened between us happened. On its own. There was no label or business or any, you know. Did you? So when you made the record. Convoluted motive behind it. It was just. You didn't three, make it for anyone. You oh, no. Know. No, we didn't. We didn't even think it would come. I mean, we had no idea. We we just. Ashley and I jumped on the bus with her and rode around for a year and wrote songs and drank beer and had fun and giggled and. What came of it was just these two amazing records. Yeah. Um, and I think when we're able to do it and able to have fun again doing it. Yeah. Without the industry. I guess it's difficult. You know, There'll yeah. be expectations now when it comes yeah. out. And that's kind of, if it wasn't about that. It wasn't it, about that. It was just about us having fun. Yeah. And I think if we tried to force it, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Well... We probably should start talking about the choices now, because that's, huh? that's what we probably start talking about your oh, your choices yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> just realised we haven't even it. talked about those yet. So, um, which order do you want to do these in? Do you? Oh, I don't. It doesn't do you, matter. Well, let's start with Loretta because all all roads lead back to Loretta. Okay. When they don't lead back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, family Rose. Loretta Lynn, yeah, Van Lear Rose. Um, so Loretta Lynn is my hero. I grew up about 20 minutes from Butcher Holler. Okay. My sister actually lives in Van Lear right now no. as we speak, about five minutes from Butcher That's Holler. That's cool. Yeah. Is she, is she like the Van Lear Rose? I mean, is she like the girl in the song? She was, actually. Yeah. Which, we didn't grow up in Van Lear, but she was the uh, Rose of Beauty, Kentucky. That's yeah. for sure. She was the homecoming well, queen. Beauty, Kentucky. Yeah, that's, oh, that's where the, I'm from. Well, it's called Beauty, isn't it? Beauty, Kentucky. That's oh, an amazing yes. name, isn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um. So she, but yeah, I love Loretta Lynn. I used to skip school when I was in high school, and I would drive to Butcher Holler and write in my journal and play my guitar and yeah, will myself to be sitting here in <laughs> London, England, talking to you right now. Like Loretta Lynn. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so this that so this is the album she did with Jack White as well. Mm-hmm. Was that I mean it's the first one in the in a while where it's sort of yeah. Made and an I impression. picked that one because it was sort of the it, it was when worlds collide in a, such a special way to me because I love Jack White. I love the White Stripes, and obviously I love Loretta Lynn. And I think what he did 
with her production wise was so inspiring to me because I'm a producer at heart. I'm a studio geek. I love being okay, in there. Yeah. I love that's my favorite part of making records. I just could do it all day long. And I aspire to produce other people at some point when I'm not so busy doing my own yeah. thing. You only took a um, week to do your Yeah. <laughs> you should spend more time in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I just thought it was an amazing record. It was so good. My favorite song was Miss Leroy Brown. Um, I loved, there was a song on there, um, Miss Being Misses. That was the name of it. <laughs> um, where it's just her and her guitar. And I have never heard a recording of her like that. You know, her albums were yeah. all produced, the, you know, the Nashville kind of strings and everything. Yeah. Um, so it was really special to get to he just hear just Loretta and singing and playing her guitar. So that was a really um, inspirational record for me, influential record yeah. <laughs> for me as both a producer and someone yeah. who's from Kentucky and grew up, you know, just idolizing Loretta Lynn and doing dishes you, to her records in the Loretta? kitchen every night. Yeah, I have met her. Oh. Cool, it was amazing. It? <laughs> I met her on the red carpet of the Americana Awards a couple right. years ago, and we took a picture together. And she she knows my she knows my music. That's exciting, isn't it? She and knows she what uh, yeah, the first thing she ever said to me, she said, "Well, there just wasn't nothing to do but dig co in in Kentucky and West Virginia, was they?" <laughs> and I said, "No, there wasn't. There sure wasn't." <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So what song do you want to play off this one? I want to play Miss Leroy Brown. Okay. There it is.
So that was uh, Loretta Lynn and Miss Leroy Brown. I'm still here with Angelina Presley, but mm-hmm. people would know that because it's a podcast. <laughs> it's not the radio. <laughs> um, okay, so you've got some, you've got some interesting choices. Yeah. What's what's where are you going next? So next, I'll go with Nirvana. Nevermind. Okay. With the little baby on the cover. So when when did when did you get into this record? Well. You're asking me to date myself. <laughs> they don't do, and don't since say how old I'm you too were. old to care. <laughs> Just always take five years school. old. Just like oh, I was ten. Yeah, it was. I was in high school. I think I was maybe I don't know what year, but that's when the whole alternative Portland scene um, explosion happened, and I just it was the first time I think I um. It's around the time I started writing songs, too. Um, but Kurt Cobain was just a genius beyond human comprehension. I think everything about what he did and what he created as an artist has always inspired me. Um, he, you know, down to what we're gonna, was going to be on his T-shirts and just he thought yeah. about everything and his lyrics were so amazing and his melodies were melodies that no one had ever heard before and you know it, we were coming out of the 80s and everybody was you know hair bands and everybody was wearing makeup and then here's this guy in this crappy green sweater with hair down <laughs> in his eyes you know um singing these amazing songs but I'll never forget because Nirvana I found Nirvana somehow through, I think, a cousin who was in college. But um, my tastes were a little advanced for <laughs> my hometown, I think. Um, and I started wearing my dad. You know, everyone was wearing flannel then. Oh, yeah. So I'd got, so my dad had all these um, flannel shirts that he would go <laughs> squirrel hunting in. And you I had to look. And yeah. I started wearing them. I mean, blood stains and all. They That's like incredibly rips and tear. I mean, it was total just <laughs> alternative rock. Yeah. And I started wearing them to school, and my little frou-frou friends were like, why are you wearing those <laughs> shirts? And I was like, that didn't, was it. That didn't was... respond because I knew they wouldn't do it. <laughs> anyway, there's a song on my record called High School. You can hear all about those girls. <laughs> okay, that so that's good. Did you kind of, did you, is that where you sort of went off and did start doing your own thing, sort of found yourself? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was, my mother groomed me to be like the popular uh, cheerleader, princess, queen. And when I was in high school, that's when I started to rebel and I started to realize that I could write and that I wanted to play guitar. Um, so did you start, I started breaking her mold. Did you start writing, <laughs> did you start writing country songs? No, did you, did you start writing just, well, if you're listening to Nirvana, the, are you, have you got a grunge album as well that I haven't heard? Um, no, <laughs> but it does show up in my music. I mean, like my first record, it's a song like Ain't No Man. I mean, yeah. you can hear those influences in what I do. And I think you can hear them a lot. In my new record too, and just yeah. that kind of garage band, just um, it's like a dingy it's that, feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's grit, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, Nirvana. Okay, let's let's uh, hear what track do you want off this? So I'm gonna play In Bloom. Um, because of Sturgill Simpson. Not because of Sturgill Simpson, but exactly because of Sturgill Simpson. no I I think it's awesome that Sturgill covered that song because like I said this is like a real turning point album for me Um, he is also a Kentuckian he grew up really close to where I grew up it's it's in the water honey I'm telling you 
Chris Stapleton. He's in that club no. too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a lot of people coming from. Is it all the same sort of area? I mean, I don't know yeah. how big Kentucky it's all, is. It's Eastern Kentucky. It we're right on the along the border of West Virginia. It's all it's coal mine moonshine or move on down the line. <laughs> and I guess some of us moved on down the line. Yeah, that's why I wondered. Any none of you stayed? Uh, well, a lot. All of them stayed of except them stayed. me and Sturgill and yeah. Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Loretta. Yeah. It's a pretty and Patty Loveless and um, others, but. So I'll pick In Bloom because I think it's great that he cut that song on his record. I think he did a great job on it. Yeah. Um, so this will be a tribute to Nirvana and Sturgill. Double tribute. Double mm-hmm. choice. Okay, here we go.
So that was In Bloom by Nirvana. And uh, next up, straight from Nirvana, into, very naturally, into... <laughs> Billy Holiday. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Strange Fruit. Yeah. This is a nice addition, actually. It's on yeah. vinyl. God, it does look nice. How much is that retailing at? Let's see here. Uh, $11.99. $11.99. $11.99. $11.99. Mm-hmm. For vinyl? Yes. That's an incredibly competitive price, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> I think I'll purchase it right now. <laughs> can we take a hold on this interview so I can go and buy this album? <laughs> okay, so Billie Holiday. Um, yeah. Strange Fruit. So my mom loved Billie Holiday. Okay. And she would always play Billie Holiday, and she would always tell me stories about how rough of a woman she was and um and her music just to me represents grace with devil horns you know <laughs> because she was a rough woman i mean she had a really rough childhood she was a prostitute she was a drug addict it's, it's rough it's rough um yeah. but she the songs that she sings an angel may as well be singing um, and it is always, it's music that has always helped, like, re- made me feel relaxed. And also, I don't know how to explain it, but when you're growing up where I did in Hills of Eastern Kentucky, um, it was hard for me to feel classy, which is not an insult because I felt a lot of other things that were really badass, like <laughs> how to survive in the woods on my own, you know, how to gut a squirrel and a deer. Well, these are good things to know. Yeah. Yeah. How to drive a stick shift, which everyone in the UK is yeah, like, that's just standard, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to drive an automatic. Um, anyway, but there's just like this sophistication about her that I remember as a little girl, I would listen to her and I would just feel smarter and classier and more sophisticated. And I think um, some of her, her the, the jazz melodies, I think they show up in my music a lot. Yeah. Like Dreams Don't Come True. If you hear that that melody, that's that's a classic yeah, Billie yeah, Holiday yeah. melody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, that, so you grew up, this is the sort of thing you grew up listening, just sort of playing around the house that was... What uh, else did you go up listening to? Was there any other? Janis Joplin. Yeah. Loretta Lynn, of course. Um, my mom was a big Dr. Hook fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, all the classic country guys. John Prine. My dad was a big John Prine fan. Um, so is that, did, did you, have you say so you've always written country or... I mean, you are a country singer. Was that? Yeah. How come you went there as opposed to alt rock or you know wherever you wherever you could have? What was it about country? Well, that... I think it's because I couldn't play the guitar fast enough, <laughs> or make bar chords. Oh, I tried. I tried yeah. to learn. I learned some Green Day songs and I learned some Pearl Jam songs, and um, I tried to rock out, but it just didn't come too natural <laughs> to me. You know, it's just yeah. easier to. Play it slow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, so I'm going to pick "Strange Fruit" from this record. Song. Okay, uh, and you know I, I'm picking that song because I think it's a a really good example of a song that is a metaphor for a really gruesome idea. Um, that. At the time when she, when this song came out, I mean, it was just so, it was just taboo, unheard of to talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, the way that African Americans were being treated and to have this song, Strange Fruit, swinging from the poplar tree is just like, it gives me cold chills yeah. to think about yeah. it. And for me, I think a great song is a song that doesn't, come out and just punch you in the face it kind of just sneaks up on you and then before you know it it has its arms around you and (laughs) and you are changed by it and um it happens in a stealthy uh clever way and i think that that's strange fruits a great example of that yeah certainly is 
Let's hear it. Strange fruit there. Yeah. Um, Let's do Ryan Adams Holiday. next. Ryan Adams next, yeah? Yeah. Here's Ryan Adams. It's Heartbreaker. It's Heartbreaker. <laughs> Tell me about Heartbreaker. Oh, goodness. So Heartbreaker came out. I guess I had lived in Nashville for a couple of years, maybe a year. Um, I had just moved into my own place because when I first moved there I moved in with this girl who I met on the internet it was kind of a weird deal (laughs) she wasn't an axe murderer or anything she just you know we just weren't the best of friends you know what I mean so I had moved out into this uh, rat (laughs) yes that was her name (laughs) I shan't name names Uh, so I was living in this just crap hole apartment in East Nashville before East Nashville was the hipster metropolis that it is now. Um, And I think there was like a unisex barbershop and a place where you could get rims for your car (laughs) next to me. And um, a church that had the most amazing messages on there. Brilliant. Marquee every week. It would be like, it was like my guru. Like each <laughs> week I would walk out and be like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's when I found Heartbreaker and it was just life changing. It was a life changing record. It's still on my top five favorite records of all time. Um, 
just everything from the production to the lyrics, which I would listen over and over and try to make sense of some of the songs. And then I would just decide, well, that doesn't make a lick of sense. And I just <laughs> love it anyway. And then I would listen again and I would be like, oh, that's maybe what he's talking about. <laughs> it just blew my mind. And so as a songwriter, as a person who had just come on the scene in Nashville trying to be, you know, a part of that scene, um, this record just really, I think, was like a crutch for me for, yeah. for, a, for a while. So that comes out around the same time. When was this out? Is that around the same time you moved to Nashville then, this, this album's out? I think so. At least that's when I found it. I, mean, I can't read the back of that. It's way too small, so I have no idea when it came out. I don't either, but it but, came out. I don't know if it came out <laughs> around that time or that's when I found it. But that's when you found it. it, yeah. Yeah, that's when I discovered it. Okay. So, so yeah. um Life-changing. Life-changing. <laughs> what song do you totally. want? Um, I think I'll... Play, I'll do Come Pick Me Up because I'm in a record store and he talks about records. Yeah, that'd be good. He talks about rough, did he talk about Rough Trade on this record as well? It's just the one That's right. He, the, on Come Pick Me Up, he's talking about Rough Trade. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. And that's where he got all his records from. <laughs> yes. I think I think he does come in quite yeah. often, actually. He came in in February, actually. Oh, and really? Then, yeah, I did in the store, yeah. Yeah, cool. We all had a great time. Yeah, but that's so long ago now. Yeah. Um, here we so, go. Then. Yeah, I love this song. And it says the F word, which also Great. really inspired me as a young songwriter, I thought. To swear. Not to swear, but to make an impact when there's a chance, when there's an opportunity. Yeah. Because you don't have to swear and, you know, say all the but but in that song in particular, when he says that, it is so powerful. Yeah. That it's worth it. Yeah, he holds it back till. Yeah, it's not like yeah. Yeah, and it yeah, and it just made it just elevated the record to me. It's not like he just dropped an f bomb to nah, be cool. No, it's not like Two Live Crew or something. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> hey, don't don't diss my Two Live Crew. <laughs> like them. Yeah, but he knows when to hold back. Which maybe Two Live Crew could have maybe held back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> have you? What's the worst word you've used? Uh, I say GD on my new record. Which G D D? <laughs> I don't know if I'm looking. Goddamn! Oh, is that bad? Is that bad? <laughs> That's bad. Is it in the U.S.? I don't know. If oh, yeah, Sturgill got in trouble. Said it. He sang on telly, didn't he? I remember seeing. Yeah, it's bad. Saying, so you don't say that. Never. Okay, so risky. Yeah, and now, and now in the studio, I labored over whether or not I was going to do it because I really, really wanted to do it. So because, that's that's worse yeah. than the F word. Is it worse than the C word? Yes. It's, That's the worst word you could use. I mean, the F word is bad, but GD is bad. The Christians, you know, they, they don't like the GD. Yeah, I guess not. Um, so. Yeah. So, nothing yeah. against the Christians. I no, love the Christians. I love the Christians. You know? Um, but, yeah, they don't like the GD. Okay. So that's the worst. My mom doesn't like the GD. My family, has, my mamma, none of them like it. Have they heard their <laughs> song with the GD? No. Do they? they will they hear it? Yes. They will hear it. They and will. That, and what will happen? Um, probably be like when I got pregnant out of wedlock. <laughs> uh, they'll probably that went down well. Judge me a little bit, <laughs> be a little bit ashamed, but still love me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll just skip that track. No, they won't. They won't. Because <laughs> it's called Mama, I Tried. Oh, and that's going to no. be her first. Oh, when no. my mom gets the record, she's going to be like, oh, this one's about me. <laughs> and then it's not about her. You well, should save it for Mother's Day. <laughs> that first listen. Yeah. It's a little gift. Good idea. Here we go, then. Come pick me up, Ryan Adams. call your name 
smile on your face We cower in fear In your favorite sweater With an old love letter I wish you Okay, that was Ryan Adams, come pick me up. And uh, he swears, so that's good. <laughs> uh, last last choice then. Last choice. It's Guy Clark, my favorite picture of you. Great. Yeah. So I have to tell this story. You should tell, tell a story because you've got a Guy Clark story. I've got many, many Guy Clark stories. Everyone, it seems like a lot of people, well, Ashley Monroe has a Guy Clark story. Mm-hmm. You have a Guy Clark story. Is it just, is it the all... Women in country music have a Guy Clark story, is it? No. No. Not all. Okay. 
I was just wondering if it was a thing. Well, he was he was kind of particular about who he would write with. Okay. But the story I'm about to tell you. So the first time I ever went to his house, I was so freaked out. You know, it's Guy Clark, legendary song. You know, I just felt yeah. I'm not worthy. How did you get, um, you just got hooked up? like? Yeah, it was through publish. You know, I knew a guy who knew a guy. And, okay. Uh, my publisher, Ben Vaughn is really good friends with Guy because Guy had been at that company for a long time and Ben knew what, you know, Ben knew that we would hit it off. So yeah. Ben kind of talked him into it. Um, so anyway, so I went over to his house and uh, go, I'm sitting down in his workshop, which great. behind, behind him was this wa just wall of cassette tapes. Like, <laughs> Amazing. And then over here is like the pictures of towns. And then behind me is the workbench where he built his guitars. Yeah. Is it the same workbench that you see in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the workshop. Yeah. Wow. Um, and on, he has all his stuff on his desk. And he, he'll, he writes songs on graph paper. Um, really? And he uses these special pen pencils called Magic Rider pencils. Yeah, he's very, he's very, I keep saying is, it makes me sad. Um, he was very meticulous about his process. Anyway, so I sit down and he's like, you want some coffee? I was like, yeah, please. <laughs> he gave me some coffee. And then he came back and he's like, I'm going to play you a song. I was like, okay. So he took, he has this picture sitting there on his workbench. A picture off the front of yes, my favorite. Yes. It's Susanna. Yeah. So there's a picture on the cover of this album. And That's he, he takes, he picks this picture up and he, you know, puts it right in my face. He goes, you see this picture? This is my wife, Susanna. It's my favorite picture I ever had of her. Play his song. So then he picks up his guitar and he plays my favorite picture of you. <laughs> And I mean, like, it slayed me. Like, I felt That's, it was like yeah. an outer, out of body experience. Um, it was one of those moments when you aspire to do this job. Those are the moments that make every single thing, every ass you've kissed that <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you know, it makes it all worth it. Yeah. Um. So he got finished and he's like, now you play one. <laughs> and I was like. Well, that's not really fair, is it? <laughs> I mean, I was, I, I dug down into the depths of my repertoire and was like. What'd you play him? Okay. Poor little pussy whip boy. <laughs> <laughs> hit Almost. A, hit him with a banger. <laughs> Almost. No, I played this song that I wrote about, um, I don't, it was called Taking Care of You. It was about a really bad baby's mama that it was it was a really like gut-wrenching song yeah. and he said when i was finished it was like drum roll please he kind of sat there with this look on his face and i was like oh my god he's gonna kick me out of here <laughs> like i don't know and he goes god damn it that was brave and i was like okay yeah so i guess i passed the That's test good. yeah and then we wrote this amazing song That's amazing. that day yeah, and it started this relationship where um, he kind of became my mentor, and we had a standing writing appointment every Wednesday. Amazing. For two years. You know, I didn't go a lot of Wednesdays, and he canceled a lot of Wednesdays, but um, we, got, we did get together a lot of Wednesdays, and I was there all through the last, you know, five years of his life, and at the end, I took him to the doctor and, you know, just became really, really yeah. close to him. Um, so it was really hard for me when he passed. But there's a song on my record uh, that we wrote, and it's the last song that he ever played for anyone. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that is amazing. That's an honor. Did you, did you write quite a few songs? Are there quite a few? Yeah, we wrote... Probably, I think we have probably six or seven that are finished, but then we had so many that were started, which yeah. is really sad. Um, and we, and uh, on top of the ones we had started, we had, I mean, I have a whole little notebook of things that he said that Amazing. I would write down and, 
uh, titles and so at some point I think I'll write I'll do a record not a with, tribute with songs, but just the, yeah the, I'll try to finish the ones we started and didn't finish and um you know I'm good friends with uh, his girlfriend that at the time and you know I think she's gonna let me look at some of uh, actually a few artists in Nashville a few select artists in Nashville or songwriters are going to kind of look at what he had started and maybe like a sort of Billy Bragg Wilco thing like yeah finish some stuff that'd be amazing yeah that's uh he was an amazing human being I mean he really really was um a presence he was a force to be reckoned with and at the same time he was like a big teddy bear <laughs> it was crazy and so, so the songs on that you wrote with him the last one that's on the, your album on my album yeah it's called cheer up little darling um it, we wrote it when it, I, I went over one day and it, guy was hit or miss you know he had some health problems in the last few years and some days i would go over and it would just he would just be feeling awful and you know we would start something and you know just it would not be good we'd basically just sit there and smoke cigarettes all day still a good day smoking right and (laughs) left-handed wink wink (laughs) 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 that was the other thing about the test after i sang that song and he told me that was brave he was like you want some moonshine in that coffee (laughs) i was like you bet your ass i do Okay, so yeah, so he took he he started learning to play the mandola when he was. What's a mandola? Well, I didn't know either. I think it's a bigger version of a mandolin. Okay. Um, it was easier for him to take with him places because he would have to go to different nursing homes and hospitals and stuff. And so the day we wrote "Cherub Little Darling," he was having some kind of just. He was like a twenty five-year-old kid walking around everywhere just so excited and he was in the best mood I had it was like I got to hang out with the guy that you see in heartworn highways it was mind-blowing um and he had the idea already he's got this hot shit idea (laughs) let's start right and um we wrote it, and that was the first time we had written a song, a, a whole song, in one day. Right. Because usually, it would take us, you, you know, days and days. Right. He was a very, very particular. I mean, obviously, his yeah. catalog, you know. So he'd keep coming back to songs usually and just working. Yes, I, I he liked yeah. to edit. He liked to be. He liked everything to be just so. But yeah. that song, we wrote it in that one day. And then, so everywhere he would go, toward the end, he would take his mandola with him. And, you know, people like Tim O'Brien and Daryl Scott and Steve Earle and Rodney Crowell and Emmy Lou, they would all come to visit and have hip, have picking, you know, picking parties Amazing. in the hospitals and nursing homes. And so <laughs> Cheer Up Little Darling was the, is the song that Guy would always play. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's on your record. Yeah. It's a real honor. Brilliant. Okay. But... The song I want to play from this record, obviously, is my favorite picture of you because... Because of that moment. That that was one of maybe the the greatest moment. And that's amazing. He's basically doing exactly what he did the first time I met you on the cover. That's right. Okay, here we go then. Guy Clark, my favorite picture of you. Spot, no beginning, no end. 
It's just a moment in time Can't have back You never left But your bags were packed Just in case My favorite picture of you Is bent and it's faded And it's pinned to my wall Oh, and you were so angry It's hard to believe we were lovers at all There's a fire in your eyes You've got your heart on your sleeve Curse on your lips But all I can see is beautiful My favorite picture of you Is one where that was Guy Clark my favourite picture of you and uh, and that's the end of the podcast thanks to Angelina Presley uh, thanks for having me I'm going to go in here and buy some records because they're so crazy cheap <laughs> and amazing there you go I mean that's not I didn't say that so yeah. that's definitely true um, thanks so much for coming in anyway it's been great and uh, your new record's amazing so come and buy that from here too thank you and thank you for carrying on the tradi- I mean, the tradition of record stores because record stores meant the world to me when I was a kid, and it's so great that you know they still th- exist. That they still exist. Yeah. No, they meant. Yeah. yeah, it's it's nice they still exist. Yeah, I think so. Do you too. buy? Do you buy a lot now? I do. I buy vinyl. I love do you do vinyl. That? I have a pretty good vinyl collection. There's some good shops in. Have uh, a great old record player. Nice, nice. Yeah, Caliphone is the brand. <laughs> that sounds like a nice record player. It's awesome. Well, you can take some of these away with you. Okay, I mean, it's I'll called just... shoplifting. I think you just take them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks so much, anyway. Thank you. Roth Trade Radio. Boss Hog. Brood X. Available in store and online at roughtrade.com. Roughtrade.